Four Parks, One Pod. This is your spot for some fun chats about Disney's past, present, and future. I'm Kayla. And I am known as Derek. Oh, are we solemn today? No, I was going to add more to it, but I I didn't think about it before I started with the bit. Uh-huh. And I, I, my brain's a little fried, so I didn't really know where it was going. Okay. All right. Well... I liked it. It was a good dramatic effect. Thanks. You doing alright today? I know you had a long day at work, but other than that, how are you? Tired. Tired. Very tired. Well, thankfully, it is Friday, so you'll get a weekend. For Um, the most part, yes. I hope. It'll be good. And I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Um, I did ask through my brain. Uh huh. Did you not? Hit, did you feel it? I didn't read your mind, but I guess I might have since I answered the question without knowing you asked it. Yeah, the, the viewers heard it. Oh, didn't did they? you, viewers? Write in at four parks one. Don't month. edit you asking into the podcast. I wasn't going to. I was going. I was going to try to get a get a good like. You guys should email, email us and let us know if you heard it or didn't. Oh my goodness. Well, well, well. Our third host is here now, too. Yes, the cat just jumped on the desk. How have you been doing today, kitten? Thankfully, she did not knock over the microphone because that would have been terrible. You have a lot of of cups on your desk. Every time she jumps, I'm like, well, this is how I die. Well, maybe put some of your cups away. All right. All right, well... To the trash. Now that we've got the literal housekeeping out of the way. Ha ha! Um, Clever. Let's get started, as always, with the news. News, news, news. Disney news. Doing things and talking about Disney news. With Kayla and Derek. So, this week, there's a lot of news. Thankfully, most of the stories are kind of like just small announcements, but um, I think I have like five different things to talk about for news today. Five? Um, I can't use my mouse. Move. I'm sorry. But we're doing a podcast. It could use my mouse. I hope that the mic picked up that little squeak because it was really (laughs) cute. (laughs) I touched her butt to move her and she was like... She said... (laughs) She was like, why? (laughs) All right. So first up... On our news stories. Anyway. <laughs> um, the Finding Nemo the Musical. So it hasn't opened back up since COVID. Um, and there was like a Disney fan site saying that it was canceled permanently. Um, and so the next day Disney was like, it's not. We're just revamping it. It'll be okay. Um, but they did announce that the they're updating Finding Nemo the Musical, which is a musical show at Animal Kingdom. Um, they are going to reopen it in 2022 and they said that there will be some new story material but they're still keeping some of the fan favorite songs uh, like Go With The Flow which I love. It's on my iPod. I have actually sang snippets of it on this podcast and I generally try not to sing in person. So, um, And then the other song that they mentioned was Big Blue World which is kind of like the theme song of the whole show. Um, and that show actually, or that song actually got carried out into the Finding Nemo ride at Epcot, which I think might be kind of a first for a, sh- like, it's kind of a weird situation where this movie 
Finding Nemo didn't have songs in it. And they made this musical at Animal Kingdom to fill a theater that they had. And they wrote all new music for it. Actually, I think the Lopez's wrote the music for it. And they did the music for Book of Mormon as well as um, uh, Frozen. I think they did the music for it, if I'm remembering correctly. And then it's kind of a rare instance, if not the only time, where a song that specifically from a park show got used in the attraction featuring that movie. Um, so it's kind of cool. Uh, but I am glad to hear that they're going to bring it back because when it was rumored to be canceled, I was really bummed because I do love this show. It's If y'all haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Like, It sounds kind of weird since the movie isn't a musical, but it really is such a good show. Hits you right in the feels, you know, with the dad and son relationship. Um, And it's really sweet and fun and great music. So, And it's done all with puppets. Yeah, which, I mean, we'll see how it's done moving forward. I do think part of what they'll update will be, like, the costumes, because they're a little bit, like... 2000s, 90s vibes. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do. I'm sure there's some projection mapping they can do. Oh, updated yeah. technology. Um, I mean, this show opened... In 2007. In 2007. Is that what the article said? It has been a delight to our guests since 2007. So. Okay, I couldn't remember. I knew I'd read it earlier, but I couldn't remember exactly. So, I mean, that's been quite a while uh, to not have any updates. So, yeah, a little bit. So it's exciting, good times. Um other the other fun entertainment announcement that we got is that the Candlelight Processional is returning this holiday season. It's what? going to be starting November 26th at Epcot. Um so for some background for our listeners, the Candlelight Processional is a Christmas time tradition um at Epcot. It actually started back in 1958. At Disneyland. And then whenever they opened the Magic Kingdom in 71, they they featured it there until uh, 1994 when it was moved to Epcot to the America Gardens Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. And one of the really cool parts about it is that it does feature a choir of cast members. Um, so cast members from all over the Disney property, it doesn't matter what field you work in. You can be in, you can be in custodial, you can be a merchandise person, you can be in food services. It doesn't matter what you do. You can go audition to be in the part of this show. And then for the season, the holiday season, some of your, I'm pretty sure I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure some of their work shifts become candlelight processional shifts so that it's not like. You're losing money. Yeah, or like, well, or that you have to, yeah, take off time or whatever, um, or fit into your schedule to work and do this. Um, but it's just a really cool way to incorporate cast members from all over property. Mm-hmm. They get to make new friends within the company, but they also get to be part of history. Um, they also get to be on a stage with celebrities, too. Right, so that's the... The show itself is basically just telling the Christmas story. Um, it is, you know, the Christian Christmas story. So, which is, I guess, the only Christmas story. But just clarify, it's not Hanukkah. It's not Kwanzaa. It's not any of the other holidays. It is a Christmas show. Um, and it's telling the story of Jesus' birth. And typically, 
they will have a celebrity narrator. I do think they're planning to do that this time, but they haven't announced any of the narrators at this time. Yeah. Um, some of the narrators in the past have been Neil Patrick Harris, Gary Sinise, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, Moana. Yeah, I was going to try to say her name, but it's like Al- Alui Carajalo. I probably just butchered that. I know I just butchered that. But the the girl that plays Moana, if I had her name in front of me, I could probably sound it out. But anyway, um, there's just been a lot of really cool narrators in the past. A lot of them are Disney people, like people that have been in Disney movies or that have been involved with the company. Or some of them are just Disney fans, like Neil Patrick Harris. Um, And so it's a cool experience to get to be on stage with those people for the cast members, but it's also a really cool experience just to be part of your day at the park. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't cost extra money. It is just a show that happens most nights during the holiday season, um, and typically they'll do two or three showings of it. Mm -hmm. Personally, this does maybe cost a little extra to your day, but we, when we went for Christmas, the one time we went, we did like a a meal package with the show so yeah. basically you had lunch somewhere during the day either lunch or breakfast or dinner i suppose i'm not sure but we did lunch um and it was part of this dinner package to where you ate your meal and you got tickets for the show so you were you had a reserved seating area so that you didn't have to like wait in line to make sure you got a seat you were guaranteed a seat at the show I advise anyone who really wants to see this performance to do that, especially if you have like a certain celebrity narrator that you really want to see rather than trying, you know, people will start lining up an hour ahead of time, if not earlier. So rather than trying to fight the crowds, treat yourself, have a really good meal and then have yourself a reserve seat. Um, Definitely advise doing that. And plus, um, I don't know if there's revisions to this, but Mm -hmm. The meal plan worked with it, too, didn't it? Like, we... Yeah, we used the dining plan when we did it. So, I mean, when we did it, it basically just encourages people to make a dining reservation. It doesn't cost anything extra to make the dining reservation. You pay what you would pay at this restaurant. Yeah. So, when we did it, we ate at Teppan Edo, which is the hibachi grill kind of restaurant in Japan at Epcot. And, uh... Which is delicious. It is delicious. the best. We, the reason I go back to Disney. <laughs> we did the, I think it's like a prefix price on that. So you pay a mm-hmm. certain price and you have certain choices on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we paid anything extra than what we would pay if we'd eaten there normally. And since we were, we weren't on the dining plan when we did that. I thought we were. Mm-mm, we weren't. Uh-oh. The Christmas trip, we didn't do dining plan. We did dining plan in our summer trip. Oh. Disregard this whole conversation. I think you can still use the dining plan. I would just have to research that. And right now, there is no dining plan. So, um, if they bring it back, that'll be a good question. Yeah. Um, But definitely ask your travel agent or ask me and I can help be your travel agent. Um, But, yeah. That was a good plug, wasn't it? Thanks. So, next up on our news, we have the Space 220 restaurant at Epcot. We oh, talked about this. Um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, but they have officially announced yes. dates and menus. So the um, the restaurant will begin its virtual departures to space on September twentieth for walk up wow. diners. Um, super cute with staff. 
Anyways, all right. Didn't mean to distract. Somebody's trying to sabotage the podcast by pulling the USBs out. The cat likes quartz. All right. So they'll officially have walk-up dining on September 20th. That is the same day that the reservation system will open up. Um, and then the res- the first day that you can make a reservation for will be September 27th. So you okay. can start reserving things on the 20th. The earliest you can have a reserved dining time is the 27th. I hope that makes sense. Um, it's going to be a prefix menu restaurant. Okay. So for lunch, it's going to be two courses. Dinner is three courses. Um, okay. Adult lunches will be $55.00. And adult dinners will be seventy nine dollars. Oh, that is. I'm reserving. Expensive. I'm reserving judgment until I've eaten there. The menus did look tasty. They had things like salmon and tuna, uh, grilled tuna. They had fillets and different pastas and um, yummy appetizers. It looked like. And a lot of what you're paying for in this instance is the experience. I mean, it's it's a new concept. It's something that has never been done to have the simulation of going into space. Um, so we'll have to see if that's something that would be worth it. I do think if you have the dining plan, that's a great place to use it. Uh, because it's maybe something that you wouldn't typically want to spend 55 or $79 on. But when you have the dining plan, you've basically already paid for it. If they bring the dining plan back, let's hope. Yeah, I'm um, sure they probably will. They brought they've been bringing everything else back, but changing. Yeah, so we'll see what if the dining plan comes back and in what form it returns to us. Um, but anyway, this does look like a cool restaurant. The pictures of the food I didn't think were like blowing me away as far as presentation and just like looking appetizing personally. And the um, salmon looks good. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, the description of the food sounded good to me, but I think it's just something I'm going to have to reserve judgment until I've been there and experienced it. It's still very vague as to what the experience itself is. I mean, is it just you take Space. a, you take a cool elevator and then there's stars in the window or is there more to it? Yes. We're going to have to find out. Um, so maybe, anyway. Maybe like Buzz Lightyear flies by the window and talks to you. It seems like it's going to be a little bit more of like a realism kind of thing than that. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. What do you think this is? What? This this bananas foster looking thing. Um, let me pull it up on this my computer. Creme brulee um, bananas on top, it looks like. I'm just curious. That's the, yeah. they, they showcase it there and they showcase it lower too. I think it's the sticky toffee pudding cake maybe. Yeah, probably. So on the, I think it's either that or the chocolate cheesecake, but I think it's the sticky toffee. I think it's sticky toffee too. On the on the Disney Parks blog where they featured this announcement, they did feature photos of the food as well as a list of uh, the lunch menu and the dinner menu and uh, the drinks and some of the drinks. Yes, the um. Sorry, I'm trying to make okay. sure I got the details right. The The menus themselves are also viewable on the actual Walt Disney World website, and that's where you can view the pricing. Um, so, yeah, and that's where you can make reservations if you choose to do so. Um, I do think the drinks look really cool. Like, 
the one on the top right, which I don't know, it's hard to tell what any of these drinks are just by the names, but the one on the top right on the bar, on the Parks blog is kind of like a bluish purple drink in like a test tube. It looks really, really cool. Yeah. I don't know what it served is. Served with a cotton cool. candy cloud. Yeah. So they're served, they're like different names. There's a Stargarita, which is funny. <laughs> Atmospritz, which is served with cotton candy. That's like a thing right now with drinks is they serve it with... They'll put cotton candy in the in the cup and then pour it over the cotton candy, and it's like a thing. Um, okay. The Big Tang, which is served with astronaut ice cream. <laughs> uh, Planetary Punch is served over dry ice, so it'll make it all fizzy. That's probably the one on the top right. You think so? The blue one? Yeah, I just think it's really the, pretty. <laughs> well, the Cosmopolitan is the one on the bottom Sure, right. sure. The Celestial Cosmopolitan. Call it by its name. Yeah, I think the Stargarita is that purple one, and the cotton candy one is the top left one. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. That's my hot take for today. That's your guesses. Yeah. Yeah, they all look cool. Um, And then some of the food, like you could see, they have like a lemon mousse picture, and that has a really cool looking presentation. It kind of looks like a, like a Milky Way kind of galaxy on top mm. of it. Um. So, I do think they're trying to make it, like, an elevated dining experience, and I think the price reflects that. Uh, we'll just have to see how it is. Did you see this bottom part? With the purchase of any zero-proof non-alcoholic cocktail or children's meal, guests will receive a pack of collectible trading cards designed yes. exclusively for and only distributed at Restaurant 20, or 220. Space 220 Restaurant. <laughs> These limited edition packs of cards feature original artwork and trivia facts about space, food in space, and the sky-high innovations at Space 220 Restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Ha-ha. So they're giving out so trading cards. So go get your trading cards. Now. you got to go now. You can't just buy them from PokemonCenter.com because they're always sold out. Go now. What are you waiting for? Call Kayla right now and get your trip planned. It's a really interesting, like, detail. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. You know somebody is like, I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be a neat place. I just don't know if it's going to be, like, my jam. But, like, you know there are kids that are, like, obsessed with space. So this will be really, really exciting for them. Yeah. So that's really cool. And adults that are obsessed with space. Sure. Hold on. Before we go, I got to... Oh, it's not on here. Wait, what? hold on. I was trying to see if we were right about the drinks. Oh. Oh, no, it's just going to tell us what's in it's it. It's not going to show you a picture of them. No, but it, it would tell you what's in it so you can kind of guess, but that's fine. Um, what was the one with the... Planetary Punch is the Bacardi Silver Malibu Blue Kakurakuku Guava Coconut. Curacao? Curacao. I never yeah. say that right. So that but it's is, not that Kukuraku. Is the, that is the that is the blue one. <laughs> okay, so we right. cool. Anyway, now I probably getting, can't drink any of them because I got rum in them, and I don't like rum. So you can drink this Red Star, which has Jameson, Dragon Fruit, and Onyx, the Pokemon. I like Jameson. I like Onyx. Let me rephrase. It's not that I dislike rum. Rum gives me a headache. I so like. there's that. This one's got pineapple honey. I'm sure that's what all the listeners wanted to know about These today. These are all $15 or more. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. It's a cocktail. It's going to be expensive. Light year lemonade, though, for $12. That's not alcoholic. That's juice for $12. I know. Yeehaw. That's absurd. Go Disney. 
All right, so up next, the world's most magical celebration will be coming to McDonald's. Yeah! <laughs> I don't have things to... I'm just kidding. I'm so excited. They can't see your excited actions. I know. You just I was, sound like a crazy person. I was trying to think of things to throw, and the kitten was the only thing nearby. You don't need to throw her. anything, and you didn't throw the cat. Let's not get us... Called to the I authorities. Did you used it right there, that little girl. She said, "I'm trying to see. Stop." Okay, no, so there's going to be 50 new toys. Whoa, I didn't at read McDonald's. That. 50? Yeah, 50. They're basically just figurines. Oh my god, we're not like. Don't give me that look. We have to go now. Why did we go to a Mexican restaurant tonight with their 50 figurines? We need a kid. Because I didn't want a Happy Meal. But they're they're the happiest meals on earth. Um, <laughs> now yeah. they have the happiest thing on earth. I don't know. So I mean, I think it's yeah. There is a BBA, and he's doing the thumbs up thing. So I really want that one. But other than yeah, that, I'm not like I have to have it. Sorry, I'm um, derailing this conversation. You I'm are. Excited. Please quit interrupting. I'm trying to get I'm through so the sorry. information. Um. So it's kind of cool. I mean. Like, this kind of harkens back to the other things that Disney and McDonald's have partnered on in the past. I know they had, for the 25th, they had, like, the glasses you could buy at McDonald's. And we have a few of those from back in the day, thanks to Derek's sweet mom. Because she had some. And I said, can I have those? Thank you. They have the cake castle on them, and I love them. Um, I do kind of wish that they were doing something like that, because I just... I miss the glasses and stuff from back in the day when, like, fast food restaurants would have this random collectible... Um, but the these are cute. I mean, it's fun to drum up excitement. I gotta be honest, if I was a kid and I just got like a stagnant figurine in my <laughs> McDonald's Happy Meal, it didn't do anything, I'd be like, oh, okay. Agreed. It, Cause, like, it's not for the kids. Like, I, I remember when we were kids, the, the toys, like, at least, like, whenever they did the 101 Dalmatians and they were the cars and they would, mm-hmm. like, they were, they were the kind of cars that you'd pull back and then you'd let go and they'd go fast. No, my favorite was, did you ever get the ones, I don't know if this was earlier than you, uh, but did you ever get the McDonald's, I think it was a McDonald's toy, but like they would connect, like it was almost like a train, but like if you got all of them. and oh, like, like a could, puzzle? No, 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 it was like, it was like a little train car and it was a McDonald's toy and like you could connect them, I don't remember if they were, Mac- I don't remember if they were Disney, but like they would like kind of do something as you like pulled it along. Oh. Let's see if I can yeah. find more. I don't know like what they were, but I know what you're talking about. I don't think I had those specifically. I had some that would like the bases would connect, but yeah. it wasn't like a train. Maybe it was just it. like a playset kind of thing. Um, the one I always remember is when Mulan came out. They mm-hmm. had like the one that would shoot missiles and stuff. Those were fun. But yeah. Oh, also remember when McDonald's had like trick or treat buckets? Uh-huh. Those were legit cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do think it's cool. It's kind of like a nostalgic thing that like Disney celebrating their anniversary and McDonald's has a collectible. Um, I don't know. I just think that I, it would be so cool to be able to have like the 25th cups and then the 50th cups and they like go together. Um, but nobody asked me, so. (laughs) Oh, I remember I had a toy for McDonald's that was like, it was like a car, but it was a bathtub. I don't remember what show it was from. Oh, and Her- and McDonald's had the coolest Hercules toys, too. Mm-hmm. They also had the Hercules plates. Yeah. 
that we have a few of those. Yeah, back in the day they had the plates. See, they had like legit collectibles back in the day. Yeah, and you didn't have to but... get a Happy Meal for them. Yeah, you could just buy them. Just let me give you my money, man. Yeah, I have money. I don't need them. I don't. Plus, you know, people are gonna go to buy them, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any." Here's your Happy Meal. Also, like, how many people are going to be buying Happy Meals every single day <gasps> to get all 50? Yeah. Well, the only That's comment... That's crazy. Did you see the only comment on um, the Disney Parks blog? No, I did not. <laughs> it said something like, well, guess I'm going to be buying a lot of Happy Meals. 50 characters. Wow. Yeah. Or something along I those really, lines. I <laughs> really... Seriously, if I could just get the BB-8 one, I'd be like a happy camper. You could probably get it off of eBay at some point. Yeah, but, like, that'll be more expensive than buying a Happy Meal. I just, and the only reason I want it is because he's doing the little thumbs up, and that's, like, my favorite BB-8 thing ever, so. Yeah, they um, gotcha. They, they know what you want. They know me too much. Also, like, the Donald, Daisy, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Chip and Dale, and Pluto are all in their, like, celebration outfits, so that's pretty cute. I think I had all of these. Derek is now looking at superhero McDonald's toys. They're just Spider-Man. And I just looked looked at the caption and it says the worst, the 15 worst toys of all time. And the 10 best. Anyway, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about Dinner World. And I wonder if they have a Stitch one. They have to have a Stitch one, Yeah, they have a Stitch one. Absolutely. They have Genie. They have R2-D2, it looks like. There's a list down here. So it's... I'll just read it. You want to hear the list? I'm sure. Celebration, Mickey Mouse. Flounder, Timothy Mouse. Abu, Genie, Bambi, Celebration, Dale. R2-D2, Celebration, Minnie. Sebastian, Bruni. All right, I'll pause. Who's Bruni? um, From the new movie, um, the one that they're... Silencio Bruno... The, shoot, what's it called? Coke? No, it's the new one that the, he's a mermaid. I don't think it is. I think it's this. That's Luca. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's the little salamander from Frozen. I forgot. I forgot. I got mixed up. I think Luca, there's someone named Bruno. Oh, look, you can look up the toy. Oh, never mind. It's just (laughs) toys of him. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Bruni, Tinkerbell, Bo Peep, Cheshire Cat, Miguel... Joe Gardner, Celebration Daisy Duck. Oh, yes, everyone's favorite. All right, I'm looking at him Joe, up while you're going. Joe Gardner is from Seoul. I know that one. Oh. Um, okay. We're not now, as familiar feel, with Pixar stuff. I feel bad. Um, Joe Gardner, Celebration Daisy Duck, Celebration Goofy, Piglet, Lumiere, Frozone, Dory, Dante, BBA, Celebration Pluto, Lady Tramp. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, it's good old Lady Tramp. <laughs> That's like, they didn't put the ampersand. It's just Lady Tramp. Um, <laughs> they were saying they, had, they were on Twitter. They had to get that 150 characters. Oh, my gosh. Jacques. Oh, okay. That's I, that's why I don't know that character. Oh, Dante. He's <laughs> yeah. from Coco. Makes sense. Um, Jacques, Rocket, Edna Mode, Jiminy Cricket, Simba, Winnie the Pooh, Cogsworth, Gus, Hey Hey, Mad Hatter, Stitch, Yay. Woody, Groot. Not Stitch Lilo? Nope, just Stitch. <laughs> Woody, Groot, Olaf, Pua, Pinocchio, Celebration Donald, Dumbo, Pumba, Thumper, Celebration Chip, Nemo, and Timon. I think I only didn't know two of those. There's like no princesses. Three of those. 
Well, that's for next year. No, I'm just kidding. No princesses. I also... Nobody from Tangled. I also love that the... It always gets me every time when there is a contest and the first thing they say is no purchase necessary to enter. And I'm like, you had to buy the Happy Meal. Doesn't that... Yeah, so we haven't even mentioned that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. So if you buy a Happy Meal on the McDonald's app, you're entered to win a trip to Disney. They're going to give away 25 trips to Disney. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense of no purchase necessary because you have to buy a Happy Meal on the McDonald's app. These always say that. Like, whenever a contest... Well, sometimes there, like, sometimes there are things that are no purchase necessary. You just enter the contest. Well, I think that's... I think the reason they say it is, like, you don't pay to enter the contest just by doing an action you're By entering. buying the Happy Meal, they're giving you an entry to the contest. Yes. But, like, it's... I mean, this isn't a logistics podcast or a semantics podcast, but every time I see it, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Of course. That's weird. Have you never noticed it before? No, I've noticed it, but I've never noticed it when it's literally the way you enter is by buying something. <laughs> I've noticed it plenty always... of times when there's literally no purchase necessary. Yeah, those don't affect me, but when it's like, buy this game. And then play on this day. Like, a lot of them were, like, with the Nintendo stuff. Where, yeah. like, it was the Mario getting the pins. And it was like, yeah. no purchase necessary for Enter. But you do have to buy this Mario game. And I'm like... Well, that one I kind of get. Because, like, you already have the game in most cases. Yeah. But this, literally, the way you enter is buying a Happy Meal. I meant more, like, with the pins. When I was doing the pins, it says no purchase. I think, I think what they're trying to maybe. say is that the purchase isn't necessary to win you just are entered when you purchase and then because it says a purchase will not increase chances of winning ah, maybe that's what it's so it's saying for. like the more if you, you buy, buy like 10 happy meals that doesn't mean you're gonna win over somebody that buys one happy meal yeah okay but I still that, it yeah. is weird but yeah i don't know i find it strange that there's like no princesses on this list there was thumper thumper's not a princess also i think it's really funny that Chip and Dale each get their own, but Lady Tramp are together. <laughs> well, that's because Chip and Dale are each one of the the Fab Seven. The iridescent eight. Uh, I was is real, what they're calling them right now. I was real close with seven, and that was a guess. Yeah, they're called the Sensational the, Seven when Pluto's not there. Who's the eighth one? Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Chip, Dale. Pluto was who I was missing. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew the Fab Five, and then I added Chip and Dale, and that's how I got seven. Ch-ch-ch-chip and Dale. Yeah, where's um, Ratchet? Gadget. That's the one. But when she's not looking good in the morning, then she's Ratchet. (laughs) Don't say that again. (laughs) Anyway, is that show ever going to get a reboot? Because I would watch that. Did it already get a reboot? Am I just behind? It hasn't gotten one. I learned earlier today that Shamu died. Anyway, go on. <laughs> one of my students told me that Shamu was dead. There's like for multiple, no reason. Multiple Shamus. I don't know. They told me he was he or it's she like, was dead. It's like Reveille. There's like generations of Shamus. That's why I was confused, and I was just I just played along with it, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Since when?" And they got confused, and they went like five years ago, <laughs> and I was like, "No." 
That's was, funny. It was funny, but I was very like, why did you just walk up why to Why did you me? feel the need to tell me this? Like, right it now. came out of nowhere. It was just like, hey, did you know Shamu's dead? Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I do now. Also, like, I appreciate that we have new co- new Pixar movies that are popular. Yeah. But where's Flick? Nah, man. He, he's there. You just can't see Where's him my boy Flick? Or better yet, Princess Ada. He's there. You just Bugs can't love see gets, him. Bugs Life gets no love. Isn't that a component of Bugs Life? Isn't that like a theme of that movie? That like the bugs don't get respect or something? It's, that's like part of the ride is it's tough to be a bug. Ah, that was it. I knew it was something with them. That's what the ride is called. You or know the what attraction, else? I guess. You know what it's, uh, else is tough to be? Creationism. And they've got a creation shop that's You know what? Up. <laughs> oh, yeah, let me get there just a second. <laughs> You know what though? I'm looking. What? I'm looking. I got like way hung up on these dang figures. I'm sorry, but I'm looking and there's. That's okay. I was trying to help segue, but there are two separate ones for Lady and Tramp. I think they just forgot to add a comma between their names. Uh, so let me retract my previous statement. Lady Tramp get two separate statues as well as Chippendale. Was is Ariel one? No, there's no princesses. So there's no humanoid. People, all of it's all the character. Um, Joe well, Gardner. No, he is not. He is a soul. That is what Joe I know Gardner, of the show. Frozone, Edna Mode, the Mad Hatter. I can make. Nope. I'll Woody, make but he's a toy. I get that. Yeah, no, there's humanoids. You are all a toy. Winnie the Pooh, Jiminy Cricket, Sweet Pooh Bear. I love Pooh Bear. Genie. This your little girl. She said, I yeah. like the genie. So, okay, moving on. Like Derek said, we We're have a do new we have a new store at Epcot. It is actually uh, the new location that once was called Mouse Gear. Um, now oh. it's called the Creation Shop. They've completely renovated it. Um, and this, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about here. Just it's I feel like that story it's new. gets changed monthly. It's literally been Mouse Gear since it opened. I don't think so. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Every time I walk in there, it's a new store, I feel. I don't think that that's accurate. They okay. create a lot of new stuff. You want to hold my hand? Nope. Okay. Like, they decorate it, but it's been the same, like, base store for decades. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. They, like, redid it. It looks a lot <laughs> like Mouse, uh, like, um, the new World of Disney. Like, it's mm-hmm. very white and modern looking like very bare um there is this big mickey mural that a lot of people have been talking about because it kind of doesn't look like mickey but which one the the the, like very artistic one the one in the picture under the video on the site it's like yeah yeah i don't know it's It's like his his face is shaped different well yeah it is but it's like hyper cartoon but it's not, it's weird because it's not like the way they draw him now in the new cartoons, but it's also not the old way. It's just like this new, yeah, it's like random, like this one mural in Epcot has Mickey in this way. So, but I mean, it's not necessarily bad. It's just kind of strange. <laughs> They're testing the waters. They're like, do people like it? Yeah, it's like so. his face is more squished. Yeah. But it's not as round. It's also interesting to me how much of a feature Mickey has like 
the store is basically Mickey themed, but they changed the name so it's not called Mouse Gear anymore. So that's kind of strange. Yeah. But it looks like a it looks like it's gonna be bright and very like sleek and clean, which I like you know personally because it gets kind of hectic in there. So I do like the new vibe. It is a little bit like sanitized, and I wish it was more Epcot themed than Mickey themed. But I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. I do like the giant windows; they're really pretty. Yeah. I like the fact that you said Santa-tized, and I was just I didn't like, say Santa. I know, but I, I heard Santa-tized, and I immediately went, started looking for Christmas details. <laughs> I was no, like, what like, is she talking about? Alright, are you going to get that, that jacket, though, that that guy's wearing the, on The, like, his... colorful Epcot jacket? Yeah. No, probably not. Oh. It's pretty cool, though. Sorry. I do I like, like that. I do like that they're doing more like Epcot specific merch, mm. and that is one cool thing about the new shop is they say that it'll feature merchandise uniquely, unique merchandise dedicated to Epcot. Um, so they're gonna have exclusive collections in this store that are just for Epcot. So that's kind of neat. Maybe um, that's why the, I'm always here for more Epcot mer- merch. So yeah, maybe that's why the first comment is, "Will Duty and Burke bags continue to be sold?" Thank you. Yeah, well, and because this is the store, like, each park has a store that sells, like, the Pandora, Dooney, more high-class, like, quote-unquote, like, luxury items are sold in, like, a specific store in every park, and this was the park at, or the the store at Epcot that sold, like, the more expensive, high-end stuff. Oh, okay. So that's why they're asking that. What, this is off-topic, most likely, and I don't know why they commented this, too. But what does it mean, return of parking lot trams? They're not running the parking lot trams because of COVID. Oh. So someone in the comments, which are not what we're talking about, but okay. I know, I was just curious. Someone in the comments asked, will Epcot's historic transformation be including the return of the parking lot trams? And the parking lot trams are just the little trams, which you wouldn't, you don't typically see that because you haven't. We ride the bus. Yeah, I forget this because. I lived there and drove my car there multiple times, and you did not, and I forgot. Um, so I'm when you privileged. park, when you park at the Disney theme parks, they have like trams that run from the parking lot to the entrance. Oh. Because sometimes when you park, you're parking like a half a mile away from the entrance to the to the gotcha. actual theme park. So they had trams that will take you from your car up to the monorail, the stuff. front. Yeah. Um, Okay, I think we did that once, but we walked instead because we weren't that far. Yeah, probably one of the times. If you came, like, when we were on my CB. Yeah. Um, Sorry to derail it again. I was just genuinely curious of what that person They haven't been running the trams because, I guess, because of COVID and, like, they didn't want people piling on them. And because they had lower staff right now. True. Um, But I'm sure that's kind of frustrating if you are used to having that service. Yeah. So, especially at Epcot, because it has, like, the largest uh, parking lot on property. I think it might be one of the largest parking lots in the country. <laughs> but Hoorah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, anecdote as to the size of Epcot's parking lot. Um, Tell it to me. Epcot's parking lot is so large that when other uh, parks were having high like high volume days they would send their cast members to park at Epcot and ride a bus especially like Hollywood Studios if 
they would have their people park at Epcot and ride a bus to Hollywood Studios because we had so much space to park. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. The way you set it up made it sound like it was going to be a joke. No, it wasn't a joke. It was just interesting. Okay. Like, like our parking lot at Epcot, and I say our because that's where I worked. Our parking lot was so big. How big was it? That we could fit our cast members, because some of us parked up front, some of us parked in the back. Our cast members, the guests for the day, and the cast members from another park could all park there and be fine. I just thought that was neat. I don't know. That That is neat. It's just interesting. Isn't that also where the runs happen? Yeah. Because of so much space? Yeah. So, like, so when the marathons are happening, they have the start, and I think start and finishes in the parking lot because there was so much space they could take up, like, half the parking lot with this big tent and (laughs) stands and stuff, and it didn't affect, like, the operations. Nice. So, yeah. Moving on, this is the part of the show where we would normally do This Week in Disney History, but... Last week in Disney history, I made a mistake, so we're going to use this time to make some edits. Um, so last week we talked about the Walt Disney World opening day, and I talked a lot about like the opening day special and the attractions that were there on opening day. And I realized, like right after the show was posted, that I messed up, and the list I was using, I failed to realize it was just a list of the current attractions that opened on opening day. So, I have some addendums. Addendums. So, to add on to the attractions we talked about last week, the attractions that were also there on opening day but are no longer there were the Mickey Mouse Review, which we did talk about last week because it was featured in the uh, opening day special. Yeah. But I didn't want to... I didn't want to short anybody their credit. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which has been I brought replaced. That yeah, and we did talk about it briefly, but I didn't feature it. Um, <laughs> and that is now the Winnie the Pooh, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And there's actually a tribute to Mr. Toad if you know where to look on that attraction. So, just so everyone knows. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Skyway, which was like the Sky Buckets, which is kind of cool because they did end up taking that out. Uh, for whatever reason, I think it might have been partially because the operation costs. But they've since brought that concept back as a mode of transportation from park to park, hotel to hotel, called the Skyliner. And that opened just last year. So it's pretty neat that they kind of, mm-hmm. what's old is new again. Yeah. Um, and then Snow White's Adventures, which I think we did talk about a little bit because it was... Snow White's Scary Adventures, it, right? It was on opening day. It was called Snow White's Adventures. They had to add the word scary because kids got so scared on that ride that they needed to, like, warn people. Like, this is a, a scary ride. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, so they changed the name to Snow White's Scary Adventures. Um, well, that's fine. <clears throat> that they didn't, like, overhaul the whole ride just because oh, it yeah. was too scary. I mean, eventually they did make some edits to it, but they didn't necessarily make it less scary. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the animatronics or whatever from that ride the ones in uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train at the end? Yes. So Snow White Scary Adventures used to be where the Princess Fairy Tall Hall is now, which is where you can meet some princesses, depending on who's there that day. Um, but the the scene at the end of 
Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. If you pay attention at the end, just before you go back where you get out of the ride, if you look to the right, there's a little cottage. And inside the cottage, you see Snow White and the dwarves and they're dancing. And it's the, um, what's it called? The Silly Song or yeah. something like that. It's not the tune. It's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, the one where she dances with Dopey a lot. Yeah, like they're stacked up and Dopey's dancing with her in the coat. Yeah. Those animatronics um, and figures, I think all of those are from the original attraction. They they moved them so that they could keep a piece of that attraction uh, in the ride. So that's pretty cute. Um, and then other attractions that opened in 71, some of them opened as early as October 2nd. Um but didn't quite make it for opening day, include Peter Pan's Flight, which is still there. still there. So I probably mentioned it, but I wanted to... I don't know if I actually did mention it, though, because it wasn't on opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, Ad, the Admiral Joe Fowler Riverboat, this is one that opened the next day. So this is just the riverboat that goes around the rivers of America from oh, Liberty Square. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I know Ad, that had a name. Yeah, Admiral Joe Fowler... Was, I believe... Is he part of the Adventures League? No. that He's not a fictional character. He's uh, he's a real person. He's a Disney legend. Oh. Um, cool. So he... I learned um, something, viewers. Yeah. So in 1954, Walt Disney personally invited him to... He was a retired shipbuilder, and Walt Disney personally invited him to lead construction of Disneyland. Oh, um, cool. So... He helped create Disneyland and some of the different things. Um, Then he was a technical advisor for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. During the 60s and 70s, he was uh, charged with the Herculean task of planning and building Walt Disney World. So he was a huge part of the Florida Project. Um... He held three posts simultaneously. He was the senior vice president, engineering and construction for Walt Disney Productions, the chairman of the board of WED Enterprises, which is now Imagineering. Yeah. Um, and the director. Everyone knows that. Okay. And the director of construction for Disney's Buena Vista Construction Company. Uh, he retired from Disney in 78 and ended up passing away at, in December of 93 at the age of 99. Um, and all of this information is from the D23 website where they have kind of the archives of all the Disney legends. But it's pretty cool. Like, That's super cool. They honored him with the with the riverboat. Him's a boat. And I'm not sure if they named it that later or if it was named that when it opened, but that is the name of it now. Um, let's see what else. Oh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea also opened, um, I think. Pretty shortly after opening day. I think it was like October 14th or something. Um, And that is where... The submarines are now. No. That was submarines. It is now where Snow White Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is. And Winnie the Pooh also took up part of that. Oh, at Disney World. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Winnie the Pooh, but there's like the Winnie the Pooh playful spot, which is like in front of that ride. Why are you laughing? That's what it's called. It's just silly. Oh, okay. You can go play with Winnie the Pooh. There's like a little tree, like playground thing, mm-hmm. and inside the playhouse, you can see a little um, 
like an imprint on the wall of the 20,000 Leagues submarine. Yeah. And like where Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and a little bit of Little Mermaid, those were where that attraction was. It was massive attraction, obviously, but because Fantasyland didn't used to stretch back that far. It used to all be right there. 20,000 Leagues was like the back of Fantasyland, basically. Oh, okay. And then eventually they put in Toontown in the back and then they changed it to um, New Fantasyland. Ooh. Um, Fantasyland 2.0. Yeah, basically. Um, and then also the last two were Flight to the Moon and America the Beautiful. Those were both Tomorrowland attractions. Flight to the Moon it was where Stitch's Great Escape would eventually be, and now there's nothing there other than a very scary stripped-down Stitch animatronic, if it's still there. Um, have you seen pictures of it? Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Um, and then America the Beautiful was a Circle Vision video in Tomorrowland, and eventually it would be turned into a few different things. And now I believe that is where... Monsters Inc. Laugh Flores, but I could be wrong. It's either that or um, Buzz Lightyear. One yeah. of those two are in the place where the Circle Vision used to be. So, I have amended my mistake. Let it be known. I just, we were going through our list and we talked a lot and I was tired and I was like, well, maybe those things weren't part of the opening day slash month. And I was wrong. I just got the wrong list and it's my bad. Um, but yeah, I help you. The cat's scratching a door. I feel the need to like narrate their antics every time there's like a long pause in the podcast. She was, she wanted more attention. So, everyone, please give her some attention. Yeah, thank you. For your time, this is why we can't get anything done because every time she wants more attention. Someone gives it to her. No, nah, it's not true. It doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Anyway, onward to Main Street, I think. Right? Main topic. <laughs> Main topic USA. Yeehaw. Um, That's the one. So today we're going to be talking, we're going to continue kind of our look back at the Disney World of the opening day, opening year. And we're going to talk about what the resort as a whole was like outside of the, excuse me. Outside of the Magic Kingdom. Um, And we're going to talk about some of the resorts. Cool. And then we're also going to talk about uh, some of the plans that never were. Um, Okay. Like Space Mountain and Disney. uh, I guess it did happen eventually. Never mind. No, like like the hotels that they didn't build. Oh, like Um, Hollywood Hotel? No, there's some... From the beginning that were oh. different. But we'll get there. We'll cool. get there. So I'm on the adventure with y'all. Yeah. The viewers. Yeah, listeners. Derek's learning. Derek's learning. Um just a second. Love learning. It's my favorite. Anyway, while she's looking this up, how are you guys doing today? Y'all having a good day? Yeah. Y'all uh y'all staying warm out there, staying cold out there, depending on what time of the year you're listening to this? Staying right. neutral out there. Alright. Stay neutral. I just had to get my notes pulled up. Sorry, I forgot a minor detail when I was pulling them up earlier. But it's we're okay. good now. If I'm not good so, at anything else, it's BSing my way through silence. What is it called? Vamp vamping? Yeah, vamping, but I didn't want to confuse people. Um I didn't want them to think I was a vampire. Which I am in World of Warcraft. 
All right. Yeah. So, when Walt Disney World opened, they actually didn't have the hotels open, but they opened later on October 24th. There were two hotels. Do you know what those hotels were? I do because I looked, but do you want me to guess anyway? Sure. Contemporary and Polynesian. Woo, you did it. Yeah, I glanced at the notes real quick. I didn't That's realize good. you were going to no, ask me it's questions. Fine. I just didn't realize you looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course so, yeah. I did. I'm trying to contribute. That's awesome. The Contemporary and the Polynesian were the two original hotels. Did you happen to look at what they cost per night back then? I did not. Guess, because this is fun. Three twenty. Oh, no, no, no. No. $35. You're in the range. $40. No, so it was... Ruples. The prices ranged from $25 to $44 per night to stay at the Contemporary and the Polynesian. I mean, that's not that much more or less than what it is now. Right? What is it now? Like $60? Okay, you're joking. Of course I am. Just making sure. It's in the same ballpark as like Wilderness Lodge. And Wilderness Lodge was like $400 or something a night. Yeah, so the Polynesian is usually more in the range of like seven to $800 a night. And the Contemporaries in that range as well. Because they're so close to Magic Kingdom. So much money. And they have a direct line to Magic Kingdom with the monorail. Yeah. Like, so let me look up the inflation. To be fair, so hey, in calculator. 1971, if you purchased an item for twenty five dollars, then in 2021, that same item would cost one hundred and sixty eight dollars and eighty seven cents. So even then, it's like gone up way crazy amounts. Um, but. Such as life, and now mm-hmm. there's more categories, so it makes sense that they would be able to make those higher. Um, yeah. Although I mean, it's just it bums economics. me out because I want to stay there. Um, so the contemporary was this like futuristic, it was meant to be like this optimistic look of what a hotel of the future would look like. Yeah. Um, it was built with a new technique called modular construction, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny to think about because, like, I, I don't know if you did, but I know in college I lived in a modular dorm, and it was kind of, mm-hmm. like, the thing back in, like, the 70s. Yeah, I lived in Mosier Hall um, my first year. And then I lived in the one that was, like, right next to Underwood. I don't think Mosier's modular. Mosier's in the commons, right? Uh-huh. It was. This is our A&M sideshow. Um, no, Mosier's not modular, but the ones behind the commons are all... That's why they call them the modular dorms. Where, like, like Underwood and stuff is? Yeah. Because I stayed in Because I stayed too. in... I think I lived in Underwood. I don't really remember. I lived but. in whatever the one right next to it was. Yeah. Like the all-boys one or something. Yeah. So, the idea was... They basically built, like, a steel frame. This is my understanding, and I'm not a construction expert, but this is kind of just from research what I was able to kind of gather. They built the steel frame of the shape of the contemporary, and then they took each room, and each room was its own little, like, pod, and they dropped them in with cranes. And then the idea was, okay, well, whenever we need to renovate, if, you know, a room gets run down, we can have, like, a stockpile of extra rooms that we can switch out and then renovate the ones we've taken out and move them into other spots so you never have, like, renovations going on inside the hotel. You just switch them out. Um, that was the plan. It was a very optimistic plan. 
Uh, unfortunately, the frame shifted and settled, and the rooms... <laughs> Locked it in. Yeah, the rooms became bound to the frame forever, and the rooms that were put in at the very beginning are still there today. They have, of course, renovated them. Actually, they just, I think, are still renovating, and they're not reopened just yet, but... Um, I bet when they get reopened, they're going to be... <clears throat> Incredible. Oh, gosh. We'll see how they are in person. <laughs> the photos weren't promising, but anyway. I've been waiting for like five minutes to make that joke, and I was like, here it comes. They're renovating them with like an Incredibles theme, and they looked kind of... Chinchy. Kind of like a value resort, which is not what you want for your $800 a night yeah. stay at the hotel Contemporary. But it's all right. We'll be all right. Um, I mean, the amenities for that one is kind of what you're paying for there, but I do agree that the interior was one concept, and now it is... It was... Before, it was, like, a very, like... It was still fun, and there were, like, pictures of the castle or Mickey or whatever, but it was more like a modern take. It was very Um, upscale. Yeah, very, like, mod, like, almost kind of a 60s vibe, but, like, the modern geometric patterns and stuff like that. Um... And now it's just kind of like... Characters. Which characters <laughs> characters in and of themselves are not a bad thing. It just is very, like, kind of bare. It's yeah. similar to the new store at Epcot. Like, it's very, like, sanitized, white, like, hints of the characters here and there. The bedspread is the exact same bedspread that they have at Pop Century, which is, like, one of the cheapest hotels at Disney. Not that those are bad bedspreads. It's yeah, just not Tramp what there. you expect. They have what? They have Lady Tramp there. They do have a Lady Tramp there. Um, but anyway, the Contemporary was really cool when it opened. It still is really cool in general. Um, it did include the A-frame we know today with the monorail running through it, uh, as well as two garden wings, which they still have garden wings now. I don't know if they're exactly the same buildings, but they do. They did have the garden wings back then. Cool. Those are like the separate buildings that are just hotel rooms. They're not like part of the main building. Um, oh, okay. They're slightly cheaper, but they're also known to be quieter. So it's kind of neat. Um, is that a bad thing? <laughs> No, I'm saying, like, they're slightly cheaper because they're not by all the amenities. They're, like, a little bit of a walk, but they're also oh. known to be quieter. Okay, I So see. they're not, like, the premium spaces where you can see the Magic Kingdom and stuff like that, but... But they're cheaper They're a little more peaceful, so it's close. a trade-off. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The... There was a Top of the World Supper Club, um, which is now the California Grill... <laughs> But at the time, it was a supper club. It had a lounge, and they would actually have shows up there in the evening. So oh, cool. it was kind of more like, almost like your resort, like, uh, all-inclusive has shows at night, or like a cruise will have shows at night. It was kind of that vibe. They'd have performers or concerts up there. Um and then they also had what they called a teen pool, which was, like, over Bay Lake, but not part of Bay Lake. It was just, like, a pool that was out on the pier and an adult pool. So, it was just interesting. I saw some photos online of those things, and it's just funny now because, like, I think one of the pools they still have, but now it's more of, like, the family pools, you know? They don't have, like, the differentiation. Um, and then, of course, they also had convention spaces, which they still have today, and they actually have a whole convention center now. Um, so, yeah, then the Polynesian, it was, at the time, it was called the Polynesian Village Resort. 
so it had the main ceremonial house, which is still there today, which is where you can get the monorail and where a lot of the restaurants and stuff are. Um, if you've ever gone to the character breakfast there, it's in the main ceremonial house. Um, and then it had eight guest longhouses. So those were at the time named Bali High, Bora Bora, Fiji, Hawaii, Maui, Samoa, Tahiti, and Tonga. And in October of 1999, those names were changed. Um, back in the opening, they had only the main pool, which is the pool that is close to the ceremonial house. It's the one with the big, beautiful waterfalls, kind of the, the hub of the outdoor area now. Um, as But they now have an east pool, which is another area where you may be a little quieter, relaxing pool. Back in the day, it was a putting green, so that's kind of cool, like... Something I noticed a lot seeing all the stuff from 71 is there's a lot more, like, recreation. Mm -hmm. So, at the Contemporary and the Polynesian, both, you could rent boats, which you still can now, but they had a lot of varieties of boats. Um, I think maybe you could rent jet skis at the time. Um, they had this putting green. Uh, they even had, at the Polynesian, you could swim in the beaches in the Seven Seas Lagoon. And they even mm -hmm. had, like, a slide into the water. Which, yeah, it sounds fun, but now, you know, post-accidents, uh, like, yeah. a few years ago, a kid was literally, like, eaten by an alligator, or a crocodile, one of the two, in in the lagoon, and you're like, oh, but we used to just, like, swim out there, and now they're like, do not even go close to the water, please. Um, <laughs> and then also, part of the lagoon that is they had a wave machine. And this wave machine is kind of infamous. Um, so there it's was... It's called the alligators. No, don't say that. Um, there was a Disney exec uh, named Dick Nunes. Of course. And he really wanted a wave machine. He thought it was the perfect way, you know, to compete with... Back in the day, Orlando and Florida yeah. wasn't known for theme parks, but they were known for beaches, so... You know, Disney wanted to be, like, the vacation destination of the world, so they wanted to compete with everything. So they he thought, <laughs> if we have this wave machine, we can have surfing, we can have consistent waves, we can have a beachy field, the Polynesian, we can host surf competitions, and it'll be great. Um, so they put in this wave machine, spent, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, um, put it in in the summer, tested it. By opening day in October, they had shut it down. Um, I think they might have run it a few more times, but by the following year, it was permanently shut down and it has never been turned on again. It's still there, but they have never turned it on again. Um, Did it eat a child too? <laughs> no, but apparently the waves, doing what waves Which is do, sick, bruh. they were eroding the beaches. That they'd worked so hard to, like, create. And the wave machine was, like, anchored to an island in the middle of the lagoon. And the waves were also eroding that island. So at a certain point, it was going to be, like, self-destructive. I think there's other issues, such as maintenance costs. Um, just the safety of, like, do we really want people out here surfing? Like, we're going to have people out here boating as well. Is this a good idea? Um... But yeah, like 
it's still just sitting there in the middle of the lagoon, this old wave machine. I guess now it's probably, like, reclaimed by nature, but still, like, <laughs> it's just funny to think about, you know, they, Disney meticulously plans things out, and then stuff like this happens, you know? And it's it reminds me of, like, this is, you know, a topic for another day, probably, but it reminds me of, like, Epcot. They originally had some different plans, and then they realized the middle of Epcot was basically a giant sinkhole, and that's why we have World Showcase Lagoon. Because, like, they couldn't build. So they're like, well, we'll have a big old lagoon in the middle because it's going to sink anyway. So, so, yeah. Like, just the joys of building in the Florida swamp. <laughs> like, uh, they were able to get a lot of land, but there might have been a reason that, that land wasn't built on before. Uh, but they made it work. And it's uh-huh. a funny story now. So, um, and then the Polynesian had a lot of the same restaurants and stuff. They were, had different names. They've been rearranged throughout history. Uh, different things have been renovated. The shape and size of things have changed, but it was basically kind of the same idea. They had the big thing, the big ceremony house in the middle, lots of little restaurants and stuff within that, shops, things like that. Um, and then the, the, areas around it there have been a lot more expansion from like just those first eight longhouses you know they have the bungalows now they have dvc property now in both the polynesian and the contemporary but at the beginning you know a lot of the bones that were there in the very beginning still there um and this was out of our original monorail loop the grand floridian wasn't added until I want to say the 80s. Man, that loop was really big then <laughs> for no real reason. Well, would you like to know why? Because of swamps. No. Because Disney liked it that way. No. Because Ohana means family. Nope. I will give you three reasons. I just gave you four. The Asian Resort. What? The Persian Resort. Go on. The Venetian Resort. Ah, yes. Oh, are these some of the ones that never happened? These are the resorts that were never built. Man, talk about that segue that I didn't even know was going to happen. Look at there. Um, so Professionals. Yeah. We're going to start a Patreon. And two people listening right now, minus Chris, you just sign up for it. Just kidding. Chris, send us money. Anyway, keep going. So, um, <laughs> it's your there call were, to action, There Chris. were three more hotels that were planned for Disney. Each of them were going to be around the Seven Seas Lagoon. Cool. Um, and I actually think the monorail line might have been expanded to include them as well or have different routes. Um, I know in the in the original plans, there were a lot more, like, ideas for the monorail. It was supposed to be pretty major. So this picture, let me, let me add this link to our notes because I did not get there earlier. That's okay. Um, but it's really interesting to see what the plans were. So there's an article that I'm pulling a lot of this information from. It's on allears.net. I want to give credit where credit's due because they did compile all this information. Um, so it's definitely a larger monorail loop. Um, you can see it kind of swings around out into the contemporary where it goes now. Um, in the picture on this site, the Magic Kingdom is up in the kind of right-hand side uh-huh. of it. And then that's the contemporary down there. Bottom right? Yeah. Or bottom center almost? Yeah. And then when you swing around on the far left, that's the Polynesian, I believe. 
Yeah. But there's just different things. So, starting with Asian Resort, uh, it was designed in the 60s with everything else designed in Phase 1 of Disney World. Uh, it was going to be... This was the Polynesian was also there, and they were adding Asian Resort as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know that those are not the same thing, mm-hmm. but I was just double checking that this yeah. wasn't back like in where like they... the '60s and '70s. Polynesian and like at the time they would probably call Oriental, but the Asian culture, Polynesian culture, those were kind of new discoveries for people that yeah, it they was were like exciting they were like yeah, a new world yeah well because it was like for the first time i mean not that the first time that they could travel there but it was one of the it was like finally becoming possible for kind of normal everyday people to even think about traveling there you know or to even get um, that experience yeah and that's like back in the 60s that's when like tiki bars got really popular and you always, you know, you had, like, Elvis doing Hawaiian movies and stuff. So, like, this whole vibe was starting to be something we were fascinated with. Um, okay. And, I mean, now it's grown into, like, now I don't know many people our age that don't love Japanese culture. I mean, we're just, like, ingrained in it at this point. And yeah. kind of vice versa, too. They love Disney and American culture. So, it's kind of cool. There's always been less, like, running theme between the two. Um but yeah, so it was gonna it was gonna be built to mimic Thai architecture. Uh, it was gonna have a hundred and sixty foot tall central p- tower topped by a restaurant, um, and so it was gonna be. They had actually already cleared out land, and um, they were gonna begin construction in nineteen seventy two. But then the seventies, there was an energy crisis that like severely affected Disney World. Oh, no. And tourism as a whole. And so that's why a lot of these things were scrapped. Um, and then the Grand Floridian was actually built on the planned site of the Asian Resort in 1988. Um, which kind of was like the last time that people thought that it might be a possibility. Because now it's the Grand Floridian. Which, to your point earlier, probably makes more sense as far as theming goes. Because I could see people getting confused between the poly and the Asian. Um, but it also looks like it would have been really cool. Yeah, it does. Like, I would have stayed there. Absolutely. It would have been one of those, like, yeah, let's do that. That would have been, like, a bucket list trip for us, probably. Yeah. Um, Unless it sucked. Yep. Or we had to pay $4,000 a night for two nights to have an Asian adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so then the Persian Resort was another hotel that was unfortunately uh, canceled because of the energy crisis. So this was going to be on the shores of Bay Lake, which is more over where um, the contemporary is. The mm-hmm. Bay Lake is a body of water that connects to the Seven Seas Lagoon. Oh, I see. Yes. Um, so it was going to replicate Middle Eastern architecture. So the spires and domes that are known for... You know, in the photos and the concept art, it's like these beautiful blue uh, domes and the columns. It just looks like it's like an oasis in the desert kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Um, Which so, could have also been really cool. Yeah, it could have been really, really cool. And the plans also indicate like that it would have a monorail. At the time, when they were planning all this, the monorail was going to go everywhere. 
That's one of the reasons the monorail goes to Epcot, because it was kind of part of the original vision. And then after that, it was like, okay, we got it to Epcot. We're not going to build anymore, because monorail track is expensive. Um, yeah, if you've ever played the, the Roller Coaster Tycoon. No, I'm yeah. It is expensive in that case. Yeah. So, um, this is interesting. The the idea of the Persian was resurrected in the late 1970s. Apparently, the Shah of Iran, Mohammad Reza Shah Pahlavi. I'm so sorry if I messed that name up, but I tried. Um, So, apparently, he offered to fund the project, but there was an Iranian revolution. Is it Iranian or Iranian? I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, I really don't know how to help. I think you are fine with the way you attempted because either way, you are trying your best and you're not trying to be offensive. So <laughs> I am a country bumpkin who doesn't know how to pronounce things. Um, anyway. I mean, it could also be Iranian, but I don't think it's that. That's I said both of those. Anyway, um, there was a revolution and it put a stop to the plans. So... I'm going to get a text it got from scrapped. Chris that tells me how to spell it. Or he's Probably gonna spell so. it. I'm going to be like, That's that fine. doesn't tell me how to pronounce it. We would appreciate any help. Um, I could look up how to pronounce it, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll do it later. Well, I will definitely look that up, because now I'm, like, really curious. Um, but anyway, I will say I this... <sighs> Sorry. Keep, keep going. Let me talk. I will, I will say this looks really cool. I could see where it would be very problematic. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like... The Polynesian, I think, was built long enough ago, and they did a really, they really, really had an effort to, like, have people from Hawaii and from Polynesian Islands come in and, like, incorporate their own culture. But with all the tension between, like, the U.S. and the Middle East, yeah, I could definitely see this being an issue. Um, less so than, like, the Asian or the Mediterranean. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been beautiful, and I think Disney would have tried to handle it in a sensitive way, but I could just see this being a problem. Yeah, much less about, I think, like, Iran to us. I think it would be more of the American people looking down on it for some reason. Yeah, like, like, I mean, there's just a lot of history and a lot of hard feelings there in general. I could just see it being like, yeah, there's Why a do reason we have it didn't this? happen. I think yeah. on per- like yeah. so- something helped us out there. Yeah. So then the third one is the Venetian slash Grand Venezia slash Mediterranean Resort. Um, <laughs> Say that so, seven times fast. Yeah. Uh, this has been planned. This area, which would have been between the transportation taking center and the contemporary. Uh, has been the site for three different unbuilt resorts. Uh, so the first one was planned to be in the 70s, which was the Venetian. And shockingly, it was planned to be themed after Venice, Italy. What? No I know. Way. I know. Uh, complete with canals and a mar- marina. I almost said marinara. <laughs> I, what, bet <laughs> I bet there would have been plenty of marinara there too, but. <laughs> yeah. You ride the marinara to your boat. Yep. Um, it's also in the marinara. Yep. So, of course, like the others, this would have <sighs> this development was stopped by the seventies energy crisis. Uh, then, in the nineties, oh, you're jumping ahead. You missed the fact that they were going to have ahead. lighted fountains and a masquerade themed pool. 
You're jumping ahead. Was that not in the Venetian? Yeah. It, wait, is that the different one than this Grand Venezia? Yeah, I hadn't got oh, there. I'm so That's sorry. where I was going. Oh, I'm horrible. Yeah. I'm the worst person ever. Yep. But did you know that this was another hotel idea? Yeah, so the Dear second listener? the second hotel idea was the Grand Venetia Resort. The which so I think is I think it's a similar vibe. They just changed the name because the Venetian is like a big deal in Vegas. Um, <laughs> but they have they drew these up in the '90s, and it would have featured intricately designed buildings with terracotta roofs, canals with functioning gondolas, lighted fountains, a masquerade themed pool, Ooh, a conference center, cool. and a wedding chapel. Which would have been cool to have a second wedding chapel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that would have been beautiful. The picture, like the concept art for this one isn't as fun as the others to me, but that sounds really pretty and cool. Um, and it's also kind of, before we move on to the third plan for this spot, I will say this theme kind of did end up happening with the new Riviera Resort. Cool. Um, because that resort is themed after just like the European Rivieras. So it's the French Riviera Italian Riviera. Um, there's like French and Italian themes throughout the resort. Not and do they have marinara? I think in one of the restaurants they probably have some marinara if they have Italian food. Um, the Rivieras have marinara, kitten. We must go, dude. If I could, if I could buy DVC property today, I would buy at the Riviera because it is so pretty. I it looks you get so cool. Marinara as well with the with the every purchase. And there's no purchase necessary to get the BBC. Bull corn. Um, That's deer corn, Kayla. But yeah, it's just kind of proof that, like, no good idea completely goes away. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Then the third plan for this site would have been a Greek-themed resort, and they were looking at doing this in the late 90s. So it would have been the Mediterranean Resort. Mamma mia. Uh, So it would have been themed to a Greek fishing village. Um, and it would have rivaled the Grand Floridian as far as luxury and price. Uh, and apparently it wasn't built because of, like, the swampiness of the area. Um, like, this, this certain spot was so swampy that it would have made it too expensive to build. Uh Um, so yeah, it's just interesting, like... The ideas that never come to fruition. There's quite a few other, like, Disney hotels that were never built. But those were the three spots that were supposed to be on the original loop. um, That weren't, eventually. The one other um, part of the resort that I hadn't talked about just yet was the campgrounds. Which we did talk about a little bit last week. The campgrounds did open in 71. I do believe they opened in November. On the 19th. Um, was it November 19th? Did That's I write that down? Say it in the notes. Okay. I couldn't remember if I took a note of that or not. So it did open. Again, it was very focused on the recreation side of vacation, not just the theme parks. This was meant to be like a more traditional family destination. So they had like a train that went through the campground. I don't know if the train was there at opening day, but it did eventually come. Um, they had. The Tri-Circle D Ranch, which is still there, where people could do horseback rides. Oh, cool. um, And just see the the horses and the animals there. Um, 
eventually they would have the Hoopty Doo musical review, which I believe opened in the 70s, just not like that first year. Um, and different shops and just fun little recreation things. You can cook s'mores and stuff. I think originally it was just the campsite, so like tents and RVs and stuff, but uh-huh. now they do have the cabins out there, which are really great to stay, especially if you're going with a bigger family. Um, but it definitely, that kind of thing was the thing that set Walt Disney World apart from Disneyland, is it was this vacation destination. It wasn't just part of a larger trip. They really were emphasizing we want you to come here for your whole vacation. It is a world of entertainment, not just a, a land, land or a single theme park. It is this whole world. And it's just kind of wild to me. A whole new me. world. A whole new world. Um, it's just kind of wild to me that, like, we think of Walt Disney World, the biggest, like, differentiator of Walt Disney World is that it's four parks. Hey, four parks, one pod. Um, That's where we get the name. Yeah. But it's like this massive entertainment complex when really originally it was just the Magic Kingdom and that was not... Obviously they were excited to have another theme park, excited to bring this like concept to a different... to the East Coast. Um, Yeah. But that wasn't the point. The point was all of this resort vacation destination. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It's just kind of cool to take a closer look at those things and the the kind of the brilliance that it was and the fact that these are still, you know, the Contemporary and the Poly are still two of the most popular hotels on property, whether for nostalgia's sake or just for it being really nice hotels. Um, and unique hotels, even though it was 50 years ago, there's still not really anything like the contemporary. And, I mean, the Polynesian, obviously, there are things like it in Hawaii or Bora Bora <laughs> or places like that. But there's not, like, I can't think of another place that I would go visit a vacation destination here in the States, in the continental states, I guess you should say, that is that vibe, that is that, like... I'm sure there's some that Such a strong theme, you know? For it. Yeah. But none that probably can hit it the same... Like, at the same echelon that sure. Disney does. Sure. Um, so, it's pretty neat. And they have Tonga Toast, which I love. <laughs> so, there's ba, that, ba, 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 ba. I mean, food's and important. that. <laughs> so, all that being said, we hope that you enjoyed our show today. If you'd like to chime in on the conversation, you can send us an email. Our email is fourparks1pod at gmail.com. That's the number four. The word parks, the number one, the word pod. Um, don't we spell out those love. numbers. We'd love to hear from you. You Maybe can all check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure we haven't gotten any emails. Uh, you can also reach us at our Instagram, which is the same place. Four parks, one pod. The numbers are numbers. The words are words. Um, and if you need any help, we've mentioned a couple times, but if you need any help planning your trip, whether it be to Disney or somewhere else, let me know. I'm a travel agent, and I'd love to help you out. Uh, you can reach out to me on my Instagram, which is Kayla underscore underscore Rayla, or you can email me. My email is Kayla at MagicalMouseAdventures.net. Do we have an email? <laughs> I think so. Is it from Christopher Francis Allen? Yeah, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, gosh. Um... 
I know this first part is quoting. I mean, we can edit it out if, if it's not good. I know, I'm sure it's fine, but the first part is like a quote from the music man, so. Oh my gosh. I, I realize he, uh, um, he watched the, or he listened to the last episode. Our biggest fan. We love you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was only in Oliver, everyone, but me was in music. Oh, I thought you were in me. You did, you were knife grinder in Oliver. That's what it was. So I for some, confused. for some background for everyone, Chris is Derek's friend from high school. He's a dear friend. We love him, and he sends us fun emails. <laughs> uh, but I was in the band, and I did march in Disneyland in 2010, right cool. before TCU played in the Rose Bowl and won. So cool. And it's still relevant. Both of y'all. As for the podcast, I enjoyed this sleep-deprived episode, which mirrored the bizarre 1970s TV spectacular it covered. Nixon must have felt confident taking us off the gold standard that year because that show was enough gold for all time. Th- is that the opening special? Yeah. It's so good. Oh I my gosh. I think the premiere of Disney World is on par with the Star Wars Christmas Life special and belongs in the Library of Congress. Now, <laughs> I have a question for Kayla. Okay. The travel agent from the Philippines. What? I don't know. I don't... Kyla. Sorry, sorry. No, don't. Oh, Kyla was, remember last week we talked about, like, Kayla Alvarez, the musician, and there was, like, a Kyla performer from the Philippines? This question's for Kyla, so. Oh, well, (laughs) Kyla's not here, but Kayla will try to help you. I listen to you guys describe these wonderful attractions and things and events while I diligently complete my duties at work, like a good drone, and all I can think (laughs) is... Cash for the merchandise, cash for the character pins, cash uh-huh. for the co- clothing goods, uh-huh. cash for the park goods, cash yeah. for the fancy pass, cash the for the parties, <laughs> the, store, the star tours and the jungle cruises, cash for the Mickey ears, souvenir cups, and ice cream. Yeah. I haven't gotten, I don't understand what this question is, but cash for the hotel and the parking lot and an airfare. Disney's expensive. That's Look, what, what I'm getting. Look, what do you cost, what do you cost, what do you cost? <laughs> is he asking what it costs? No, it's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> There's the, uh, what do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you listen? What do you talk? In in Music Man when they're oh. when they're starting. So Chris wasn't ever in it, but Garrett and Tyler. These are just this is from high school days. Just friends for of other Derek's. listeners. Um, they would practice this because it was like a very it was almost patter song. Yeah, and they had no. Be like, I know the talk? Music What do you Man. talk? What do you talk? What do you listen? And they would do that. Uh, okay. So okay. Chris just made his own version, and it's super fun and cute. Um, in fewer words, and Music Man references his words, not mine, uh, what might one five-day trip to the four parks cost a family? I think this is the question. Okay. That he wanted to get to, that we have had fun getting to. Yep. But, what one, what might one five-day trip uh-huh. to the four parks cost a family of four with uh-huh. food included? I know y'all talk about the prices, but there are so many of them that I never put them together. Sure. Already these prices scare me, as in boogie woogie scare, not so scary Mickey scare. <laughs> because Boogie oogie bash. No, he said boogie woogie. Well, Unless okay. autocorrect got him. Uh, I don't know. Because by themselves, I think, ah, if I got... Give up dinner every day of the year. Uh-huh. I can almost cover one night in the Disney Galactic Cruiser. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great measuring stick of your trip to Disney. Uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser is absurdly expensive, and I do, I do want to preface: we talk a lot about the prices on this podcast, and that's more just to help people. Like, I mean, like you say, it gets you thinking about what a trip costs. Um, 
there are cheaper ways to do it. Some of what we talk about gets kind of negative and it does get like, sometimes I think we tend to harp on how expensive things are. And that's just because for us, we see the prices going up and it's like, dang, I'd love to do that, but it's going to add a lot to our trips. There are cheaper ways to do it. I'm not saying it is a cheap trip, but there are ways to budget your trip. Um, a five Income costs. Yeah. Just all around whenever you can. Yeah. So a five day trip for a family of four. I don't know off the top of my head to give you a quote, but I can tell you, you can get a hotel for as low as like 140, the 150 range, I would yeah. say. A family of four could definitely stay in one hotel. Mm-hmm. So if you're staying five nights, um, that's, I'm not good at math, so I'm going to have to get my calculator out because that's how I am. Um, Around 700 something. Yeah. Um, So yeah, 750 for the hotel. Probably closer to 800 after taxes Mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, Then you add in tickets. That's going to be... Tickets are about 120, right? Per day? Uh, not when you get multiple day, it rounds out a little less than a hundred a day for each person, but let's say 400 per day for a family of four, that's about $2,000. Um, so for a family of four, oh gosh, for a family (laughs) of four at a value resort, you could probably do it for under $5,000. Yeah. Um, Which is perfectly fine. Like, you're not going to spend that much time in the hotel anyway. No, the... So, don't spend too much money on the Value Resort is perfectly fine, yes. Yeah. I understand that a $5,000 vacation may not be in everyone's budget every time. Um, I know for Derek and I, we rearrange things to make our Disney trips work, but we still also haven't been in a couple of years because we just have had to prioritize other things. Uh, Ours usually, when you know, for... uh, for the two of us. Two. And we would go for multiple days. It wasn't like yeah. small trips. The longest trip we've done is like seven days, six nights. Um, but we've also gone for as little as like three nights or four mm-hmm. nights to do a quick trip. Because that um, way we can just hop in, not spend quite as much, but get our Disney magic. Yeah. those. I mean, those trips normally cost us, a family of two, around 2000 plus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that's kind of what you are got to be thinking. I mean, we also fly. Yeah, um, airfare was not, airfare we, was not factored in that $2,000 number, yeah. but in the 5000 5, ish total, if you, that's one thing too, we always like fly spirit, mm-hmm. uh, we hardly Share ever a bag if we need yeah we don't check bags if we can avoid it we hardly ever stay at a more expensive hotel than the value resorts um sometimes like on our honeymoon we splurged we stayed at a really nice hotel but other than that we always have stayed at pop century or at one of the all-star resorts um and that's just kind of how we make it work on a longer trip i definitely think that the dining plan can get expensive, but it is a good way to save money for the adults. Yeah. For kids, I don't know that it's necessarily as worth it because kids aren't always going to eat reliably. Yeah. Um, Plus, like... That's if you want to eat fancy meals. Because yeah. we enjoy eating. We're kind of like 
we kind of are foodie people. So like for us, the dining plan on a longer trip that we were wanting to do some of the nicer meals was worth it. We also planned those out well in advance. Sure. We had everything like, um, not re- not registered, reserved. Mm-hmm. Like all of our dining reservations were made. Mm-hmm. Like we knew exactly where we were eating, mm-hmm. how we were going to be using our meal plan and like yeah. specifics. So it wasn't like one of those where we got to the end of the trip and we were like, oh darn, we had... I wish we'd taken advantage of this better. Yeah, no, we, we used every bit of that meal plan. Yeah. The and most we probably... We made sure and ate at nicer places than we normally would because it made it... A better value for us. Yeah. And it was worth it. I, th- I think that that one... Like, for us. I kept all the receipts as a, as a project. Experiment. But then I, I never actually extrapolated on that. But, like, so. we kind of added as we went, and it definitely felt like it was worth it. Yeah. And, I like, just the adding we did, it was at least broke even, if not saved some money. And just for the experience and the um, the peace of mind, peace that of mind have to that it was paid for, yeah, kind of like on a cruise where you've already paid for it and you don't have to worry about it. But you didn't ask about the dining plan. That's just one of the ways that we have made it work for us. Um, but there's definitely a lot you can do to keep the the price lower to get rid of some of those dollar signs. Uh, one of the biggest tips I have is bring snacks. Uh-huh. So we almost always will bring some granola bars. We'll bring Pop-Tarts and eat breakfast in the room. Um, we'll carry water bottles so we're not buying as many drinks. Um, we, like, if we're on a, if we're on a budgeted trip, we're not going to be buying snacks and candy at the goof, at the gift shop. We're going to have. At the goof troop. At the goof troop. We're going to have granola bars, um, snacks, beef jerky. Yeah. All of that in our bag. Um, that's a huge way to save money so you're not just buying, like... And save time. Super expensive, like, little fruits and stuff at the parks are so expensive. And so that kind of thing. Like, a banana is $2 or whatever. Like, that's crazy. So yeah. that's one way we save time and money. Um, have some, like, if you're, if you're driving... I've been to Disney before we were driving, and we bought lunch meat and sandwich supplies and drinks, and we had Cokes in the room. We had sandwiches that we took in our bag and ate at the parks instead of eating lunch. Like, it's possible to do it on a budget. (coughs) Yeah. It's not necessarily what I would recommend, because you're going on a special trip, and... Yeah, I would plan for the trip, but if you really want to go and you want to save money, then that is a perfectly optional way. But I'd say the average trip, it's like, I guess a good rule of thumb is kind of like $1,000 per person. Just to be safe. Or maybe a little over that, especially for a family where you have like extra expenses of lots of flights and things like that. Um, But for us, typically, for like a week-long trip, it's like 1000 per person or 1500 per person, Um, which... Is pricey, but that's what we plan for because we love to travel. And on a cruise, like, you'd be spending around that for, like, a Disney cruise. You'd be spending a little less. That's kind of how I gauge trips sometimes is, like, could I get an all-inclusive cruise for this price? So is it, like, it's kind of how I gauge if something's worth it. Yeah, like the Disney cruiser. Yeah, like the Disney cruise was way more expensive. Oh, the Star Cruiser. Yeah, I'm not talking about sorry. That. Um, but, like... To me, it's like, 
I don't want to go somewhere and spend a ton of money if I could go on a cruise and not worry about life for a week for the yep. same price or less. Disney is worth more than a cruise to me. So if it's a little bit more than a cruise, okay. And plus, like you said, Chris, for the five days with the four parks, like that's a lot of time at Disney, and you're going to get to do a lot of stuff in that time. You're not going to be able to do everything, but you'll definitely have a good amount of time. Like our longest trip we ever did was five Full days, I think. Something like that. It was like, because we had two days and then a break and then two days in the parks. So we did four days in the parks, one day at Disney Springs. And then our last day, our flight didn't leave till like the evening. So we had kind of another full day at Disney mm. Springs. Um, but yeah, that ended up being a big ramble because it's really hard to predict how much it would cost when you don't know what people's interests and stuff are. Um, but it's possible to do on a budget if you really want to. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Uh, he was the... Well, there was a little bit left of the email. Sure. Because he did... I did the math. And yes, I can make dinner for about $3. And yes, $3.65, is $200 less than one night per person in the hotel without windows. Tangent aside, how many avocado toasts does our generation have to sacrifice in order to get an average week with the hypothetical family or hypothetical friends at the hypothetical Disney World? Hypothetically. Yeah. So hypothetically, if you're staying at the hypothetical Star Cruiser without windows, it's going to be a lot. But hypothetically, you could do a trip for four for a week for less than it would cost to stay at the Star Cruiser for two nights. Yeah. So there's that. The Star Cruiser is a ridiculous, uh, like the whole thing, like standard. I mean, it's gonna be great. I'm sure it's gonna be a really cool experience, and I'm sure it's gonna be worth it for some people. But I know that is like our wallet. That is not your average Disney price tag. Yes, Disney's expensive. It is not that crazy. Well, yeah, and I know sometimes I know sometimes it gets confusing when you look at Disney site because there's so many hotels. I mean, there's over twenty hotels, yeah, and some of them are value resorts, some of them are moderate, some of them are deluxe, some of them are villas. And what does it all mean? Yeah, really, like it's, it's very overwhelming. I mean, I know I have a friend that was looking, and she was like, "There's no way I can afford this for my family because she has two kids, and her and her husband, and the grandparents are wanting to go." And she was looking, and she was like. This is more than... I think the price she ended up with for the hotel that she found was like $14,000 or something for like, I think, four or five nights. And my mom was like, you need to talk to Kayla. Turns out she was looking at one of them. She was looking at the the, um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is a deluxe villa, one of the most expensive resorts on property because it was like... Isn't that the one that goes to the animal reserve? Like you can you can see the savanna out your window and like a giraffe will walk by your window, which is super cool, but it's expensive because of that. Yeah. And I was like, girl, cabins, six thousand dollars for six people. Here you go. Like it just is a matter of knowing what you're looking for, and that's shameless plug. That's one of the reasons that if you are not a Disney person, or even if you are a Disney person and you, and you just want, want some help, get a travel agent because we can help you navigate those waters and we can help you 
down to the smallest detail, or we can just handle the booking for you. And if you need to call and get something changed, or if you need to ask Disney a question, we sit on hold with for you. I sat on hold for like an hour the other day for somebody for a Universal trip, and they didn't have to do that. It's just a simple convenience. Um, so yeah, yeah. And it's all free. So Thank Chris, you. if you're if you're looking to go to Disney and you don't want to sacrifice your avocado toast, let me know and I can help you. <laughs> You might still have to sacrifice some avocado toast, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. And thanks for writing in, Chris. We yes, love hearing from you. you. And your questions always get us talking. As you can tell, we talked for another good 20-something minutes. Well, but it's it was just important. fun. Like, when we have... We need to get in the habit of checking beforehand, so we factor yeah. in the time for that. But it's just a fun surprise when we have uh, emails from you guys. And I will say the other thing that we so, 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 so appreciate is if you rate and review our show. So I actually just looked on iTunes. We don't have any reviews yet, but we do have two ratings, <gasps> which means we have a five-star rating on iTunes. Woo! Very much appreciated. We did it. Um, Lock it. We'll just stay there. Just stay there. Um, <laughs> if you like our show and you want to help us continue to improve and do better, we would so, so, so appreciate if you would leave us a five-star review and a short, I mean, five-star rating and a short review. Um, even if you're critiquing things, we'd love to hear it. But if you like the show at all, we ask pretty please if you would l- indulge us with five stars along with your critique. That yeah. would be awesome. Constructive constructive criticism is always a welcome thing, but don't tank our rating because of it. <laughs> um, selfishly, I would ask yeah, that. Yeah, send us an email before. Yeah, just send us an email. And, and we'll try and Leave us a it. nice review so that people can find us and join the join the fam. Yeah. Um, but and join the Patreon once that finally gets coming. <laughs> quit bringing up the Patreon that doesn't exist. I'm trying to tease it. We have jobs. <laughs> Lies. Um, if we ever feel like we're we getting better, then we might do a Patreon one day, but we're not going to get there just yet. We want to... It's already up. ...just get better at doing this in general first. Um, but, once again, thank you, Chris, for emailing us. You're like our little, like, third co-host at this point. <laughs> You're like the we, silent co-host. Yeah, we can't really hire you because we don't have a budget. It's fun, though. If you ever want to... Hey, seriously, you should text him. And if he ever wants to, like, come on the show and grill me about Disney, Man, he could there, totally do that. It would if be there fun. was only a way we could communicate with him, I don't know how. I just said text him. I know. I'm talking. He's probably listening right now. Chris, if you want to come on the show, let us know. Yeah. The listeners are demanding it. Or just me. <laughs> the listeners. <laughs> you. You demanded it. I'm just kidding. We, other people listen. We have other listeners. We appreciate everyone who listens. They just aren't as vocal listens. as Chris. Um, anyway, that's plenty for tonight. We've had fun. This has been a good show. We've had fun. You've had fun. We hope you've had fun. running behind us like a crazy person. We hope you've had fun. Yeah. Uh, next week is... Let me double check this. this. Let me double check this. Uh Uh-oh. That doesn't sound good. Never mind. It's not what I thought it was. Well, okay. I'm glad you checked it. Yeah. I... Oh, no, 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 I was right. I was right. I got no. mixed up. Sorry, I get mixed up between when we record and when the show goes out. So next week um, is the last show before Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. <gasps> so exciting. That's so surprising. I mean, exciting. So exciting. It's only a couple weeks away. Um, so next week. happy meals. 
Next week, hopefully, we will be talking about what the plan is for the 50th, what Disney is going to be doing. They haven't released a lot of information yet, but I'm hoping by next week we'll have some some speculation to talk about, some things for the the day of, the big day, the ceremonies, the pomp, the circumstance, whatever they end up doing. I hope we'll have something. If not, we'll figure out a topic. But that's my plan right now is to talk about, like, what's coming for the 50th, do a big rundown, everything that's that we know so far. Yeah. Um, okay. We've talked about a little bit of it, but since we're getting so close, I wanted to do kind of like a last show before the 50th. Let's see what the most magical celebration has in store. We'll have a good time next <laughs> week, but until then, we we'll will see you real soon. soon. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, friends. Oh my gosh! Didn't like it, then you probably didn't get here, and that's fine. If you didn't like it, then I don't know how you listened this far because this is just too weird. Goodbye. Have a good day, you know.